What's going on, guys? My name is Chris Condewold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where we interview people who have been able to find that balance between their life, their career, and their family, alongside the pursuit of their passion, their dreams, or their hobby. This week, we have Rashim John, a.k.a. Life Formula of Lost Contact. He just came out with a new album, New Game Plus, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Definitely check his stuff out. It's great. This was a fun conversation. We went through a lot of his influences and references that he has on the record. So hopefully you guys like it. Thank you, everybody that has commented, rated, reviewed, all that good stuff. I really, really appreciate it, especially on iTunes. That helps me get my name out there a little bit more and to be able to climb up those charts. Please continue to do so. All the help that you can give, I would definitely appreciate it. Without further ado, here's the show. Enjoy. But yeah, so what, what have you been up to, man? You have the, the new record that just came out for Lost Contact, right? Yeah. Um, it's been about like two years in the making, man. Yeah? Because like, uh, pretty much right after um, Artful Thesis came out, we did the video and everything. Excuse me. We um, started getting pretty good response um got picked up by a few like little blogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that um so we're thinking like okay we kind of might have something so we did power up right um like pretty rapid but then after that it just seemed like stuff kind of like slowed down um because you know i did honestly my life got crazy Mm-hmm. You know, um, my wife's uh, pregnancy was high risk, and so there was a lot of complications with that. Uh, a lot of stress, a lot of everything with that, right? Yeah, it it kind of took me out of um, the process a bit. Um, and then when you're working with someone in a collaboration, everybody's always going to have their own idea of how things should go, mm-hmm. and. Um, there were several times where we're like, record a song, and like we listen to it. It's like, nah. Like one of us would be like, no, nah, I don't like it. And you know, we try to just do it on another beat or something. But if not, we put it to the back burner and move on. So um, we probably had maybe another five, six songs that, um, given more time, maybe we could have made work, but. Two years is a long time to be working yeah. on a project. Yeah. You know, um, you sink a lot of resources into it. And that's the thing uh, a lot of people probably don't understand is like, you know, just for um, what amounts to maybe, what, 30, 45 minutes, something like that mm-hmm. on, a, on an album, man. That's a lot of money that yeah. you're sinking into. Yeah. A lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of yeah, sweat, like, tears, all that, yeah. Um, especially if you're making something that's important to you. Right. You know, um, if anybody listens to my music, I'm sure they'll be able to see that there's kind of, there's two sides. There's one side where I'm talking trash. I'm just, <laughs> you know, um, it's about that persona, the exercise of rhyming. And then I'll have these other ones where I like, I'm really speaking on something important. Yeah, to there me. was... I don't remember what the track is called. Um, the one where you talk about drinking and coping uh, with stuff and yeah, uh, unhappy hour. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then there's also I think one of my my favorite things because I I mean one of my favorite hip hop is is MF Doom. Mm. So hearing the little clips intertwined with the album is great. Hmm. Hearing the little superhero, the old school stuff in there, and then all the video game references and all the the nerdy stuff that I like is all is all in that album. And then plus all the, you know, calling people out and battling and stuff like that is is also part of that too. Yeah, I uh, definitely think it's a mashup of everything. It's kind of the album that I've been wanting to make for a long time. I just um, there were still some things that we just couldn't pull together you mm-hmm. know um i have a, a dj friend um lives up the road and uh he did the scratching on a couple of the tracks mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted to get him on more but he's had his own issues because like 
I'm a firm believer that turntablism is a big part of that. You know? Yeah. Um, I love using clips. A lot of times in lieu of uh, choruses, um, I know traditionally people want choruses. They want right, bridges. Right, right. You know, they want that catchy hook. Um, but, you know, there's a time for it, and there's, there's a time to just, like, nah, just let it ride and <laughs> keep yeah. it moving. So, um, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's some of my favorite stuff. Um, now that I can't think of the, the other group that I was just thinking about, uh, Zarface, that's, that's who it is. So Zarface is, is just like that with, with MF Doom, with all the different clips in there, right. where it's, it's a different style in there. It's got all the, the classic elements to it, but it's, for me, it's a lot more fun and a lot more provoking in there because you, you're looking at different elements sliced into your, your work and you have to mm. find those clips or make those clips Right. Yeah, uh, a lot of that stuff is from uh, old radio shows. Um, so I've listened to a lot. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of times when I might hear something from an old radio show and be like, you know, I could use that for something. I might clip it out then, but then most of the time I just try to stay focused and I'm just like listening for specific stuff. How do you find that stuff? Because that that's one of the things that I always wondered about. Um, I, I do a lot of. Uh, public domain okay. stuff like um so there's a couple of resources that um i can put you onto. that's where i search stuff out um which it can get a little weird between like public domain and what's like um was it creative common right, use right or right. something like there's there's a bunch of that weird stuff and like i'm not quite sure how all that works because i'm guessing like let's say someone has one of those original recordings from like the thirties or something, um, by them transferring it to a digital medium, maybe they have some type of right to the license somehow. Like, I'm not really sure how that works, but like I try to stay as firm in the public domain <laughs> stuff as I can. And, um, I really narrowed it down to like two main shows that I, mm-hmm. I enjoy. So, um, I'm not going to sit through and listen to um, some Western thing right. per se because, like, it's not that compelling to me <laughs> to have to listen to it, you know. So um, there's a, a sci-fi type deal, like a thriller type yeah. show. And um, I'll just sift through, man. <laughs> that's that's cool. Six. I mean, that, that tells you about the amount of hours that you put into it just from there, you know, just from that standpoint where – like what you said, people don't realize a 45-minute, 35-minute, whatever record. I mean, that's so much work to be able to find those clips, to be able to find yeah. whatever flows in with with what you're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, most of the time, uh, you know, I'll get the beats from Doc, and um, he might give me, let's say, 12 at a time or 6 mm-hmm. at a time, and I'll sift through, pick the ones I want, and then I'll, I'll work from there. Um and then I pretty much, you know, I take over because, you know, I'm going to be the one putting most of that stuff together. If there's something I really need help with, I'll ask him and see, like, you know, bounce the idea off him. But for the most part, you know, um, I have a very particular vision what I'm looking for. So I end up being the one that sinks that time in, um, kind of do my own research with that. Is that so. tough even, especially with the, the kid and all that stuff, too? Not necessarily listening to stuff because um, I've dumped like maybe an entire run of a series on a thumb drive so I can listen to it in a car or, you know, at work. And like, I don't have to necessarily like be sitting there focused with like a pen and a pad per se. Um, I kind of just like listen to it as it goes and then figure out what actually like jumps out at you or whatever. Yeah, pretty much, because there there are a few times, though, um, where I've listened to something, excuse me, and then I didn't really have a need for it, but then when I put a song together, it's like, oh, I know what would be perfect <laughs> for this, and uh, Unhappy Hour is one of those things, because um, we were looking for other clips at first, and uh, we tried some stuff, and like, the rough drafts just didn't catch me the same way. 
So when it, it clicked, I ran back and grabbed those samples, and it's, it's history now. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so one of the, the other things that I, I like what you did with this record is that intro piece. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, never, I've never heard that on, I don't think, any album ever, where you, it's a recap of that old, that previous record, and it <laughs> just sounded perfect, and then just went right into to your new stuff. Yeah, that was actually the the last song um, we did for the the album. Um, again, I, I got the beat from Doc, and like we bounced ideas back and forth um, a lot, trying to figure out exactly how to open up the record. And uh, uh, he was kind of um, reticent to to record vocals for it because I was kind of thinking like, you know, you do the introduction, right? Um, but when he didn't want to do that, like, I had to come up with something. And so, like, it, once that clicked, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm very proud of the intro. I like, yeah, um, no, it, it's 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 something I've never heard before, as far as that style before. Like doing that, that literally, like, it's a Dragon Ball Z recap, right? Mm. It's it's all it's all the stuff that happened before, and it's all in there. And it's all parts of the, the, the hits that you had from that, that other album uh, from, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it goes right into the, the main gist of this one, which is fantastic. And I, I don't think anybody's ever, like, had that idea and make it work that well. Yeah, I think um, now that I'm sitting here, you know, uh, sifting through. I think the only time I've heard something like that was probably on uh, Life After Death. I feel like maybe there was um, some type of recap thing, but it wasn't handled in the same way. Right. Um, But, you know, I'm sure somebody's done it, uh, but I put my own spin on it either way. And, like, um, those clips uh, that I use... um, Altogether, they add up to about 16 bars. Okay. Anyway, so it's like, you know, I tried to cut enough so it was almost like a full verse. Right. Even though it's just like pieces from each of those songs. So, like, I was really proud of that. Yeah. And then um, being that uh, the verse that I actually wrote for that was the last one um, that I wrote for the album. I felt um, some supreme... uh, pride in that because I could see the evolution from you know you listen to power up and you listen to that verse off the intro and I could see that like okay I'm getting at least a little better nice you know? yeah um because I'm not I'm not fast but I'm trying to be um more complex but more um able to enunciate those right. things and like um, I don't know. I just, I was very proud of it. Yeah. And I think this one compared to the last record that I listened to, um, it reminded me more of kind of that black thought flow a little bit better, mm. um, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I, I absolutely love everything. And I, I just listened to his new album that dropped and it's fantastic. Yeah. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet. Um, I listen to uh, that streams of thought pretty regularly. Yeah. So um, I just found out that the next one had come out, man. Um, that's, that's one of the things, like, if you're not um, able to, like, really keep a finger on the pulse of things, like, projects come out, and you're like, what? When did this happen? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I've been waiting for this uh, Rob Sonic album, uh, The Defender Joint, to drop. And, like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then finally, I don't check my uh, uh, social media for a couple days. <laughs> and then, like, I look at it today. You and know, it's the, already out? Yeah. <laughs> I guess oh, it came wow. out, okay. like, you know, a day or two ago. Like, Damn. All right. <laughs> well, that's going to so, be one of the next things that I listen to. All right. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. That's great. But, um, yeah, I got a, a little uh, collaboration um, with him that I, I was hoping was going to be uh, completed for this project that we just did with rob sonic yeah i got a i got a rob sonic verse nice. but, um i'm gonna end up having to put it on the next project okay um 
But I will say, man, out of all of the people that I um, I tried to reach out to, he was the only one that actually, like, came through and made it affordable. Because, like, there are a lot of people that will respond, like, yeah, I'll help you out. But their budgetary requirements right. are a bit much. And for us being, like, you know, such a uh, a relatively young movement, it's hard to pony up for you know, yeah, how bigger. so? How does that that work for you? Because you have yourself, and then Doc, who does all your beats, right? Right. He did beats for the last record too. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, so you have that collaboration in there, and then for you, you go out to other artists, and they charge you some. With yeah, like it for features uh, and stuff, right? Yeah, depending on um different circumstances, like. You know, uh, Doc reached out to Nature Boy, who did um, the. It's the first feature that shows up on the album. Um, it's uh, "Dancing with the Devil." Right, right. Um, so I he, think that's the third track on the album. I, th- I think so. Something like that, yeah. But um, he reached out to him, which I I'd met Nature Boy like twice. Mm-hmm. But um, he's one of those cats that is like constantly busy. So I, you know, um, I'd meet him. And then he'd be off, like, talking to, like, seven other people, like, directly <laughs> after that. So I don't know that it ever made a connection in his mind um, that, like, okay, I, I met him or not. But, you know, Doc was good enough friends with him that he, he locked that one down. And, um, you know, Brian's been uh, rhyming with me since the, the early days. Right, so, right. And that was... Um, your first uh, group with him was Starfighter Corps? Yeah. Is that right? Well, actually, um, when when Brian actually um, first kind of linked up with us, um, I was trying to build another group um, for a cousin of mine. Like, my goal was to set up something kind of like uh, similar to the structure of the Woo. Kinda, okay. Like, where... Um, We'd have a group effort, then everybody could springboard off of that. And, you know, my goal was always to have a band of my own. So that's really where my focus was. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on that first group, per se. I kind of wanted to get my cousin up and running and have him run that show. Uh, And, you know, Brian came into that. So uh, we have a few few songs from that era that are like you i listen to them now sometimes they're still pretty oppressive some of the songs i listen to i'm like ah, i'm glad i didn't do anything <laughs> with that. but you know he uh he's been there since the beginning you can always count um on him doing his best work mm-hmm. you know um he, he never gives me a hard time and i'm like man i need another verse or something so um whether i get a deal a big record company or something I'm always gonna you know try to keep them nice. plugged in you know so, uh, it's it's good too to see um, someone who kind of takes it as serious as you do because I have a tendency to push people away because I, I want to talk about rap all the time <laughs> like um, the, the things that influence me like I'm constantly yammering on about that stuff yeah you know so it's it's very hard to find people that are on the same wavelength, you know. And uh, luckily, he's he's been pretty similar, you know. Um, so I'm I'm real thankful for the two features that we got. Um, I didn't get to really cor- correspond with uh, Nature Boy ahead mm-hmm. of time, but the way um, we framed the verse and everything, I felt like it came together pretty nice. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. Um, I didn't realize who that was. I had to actually like look uh, on your track listing. Mm. So I was like, I've heard that that voice before, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Then I looked at it, I was like, oh, perfect. All right, so this is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, when did you meet Doc? <sighs> okay, um, I think, so right after... Uh, Brian and I dropped Truth and Disdain. Mm-hmm. Um, like is when we actually ended up going up and uh, and meeting him. I had been corresponding him uh, with him online, but 
it wasn't until then that we actually went up and tried to meet him because I wasn't um, happy with the production on Truth and Disdain. It was one of those things like I put it together not knowing really what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I just felt like somebody else having their hands on it would have done it a little more justice. So, you know, the hope was to try to find somebody to help either bolster it or remix it completely. So initially went to Doc. Um, try to see if we could work that out um, and it's a lot harder to remix something than it is to do Whole stuff from start. scratch yeah. you know so um, it just kind of wasn't really worth the headache for him I'm guessing like because um, even as I, I went back to look at you know uh, trying to redo some of those tracks myself mm-hmm. now that I've kind of grown a little bit um it's still, it's a bit cumbersome, you know, because um, you want to stay true to the kind of the cadence of the lyrics mm-hmm. originally. But it's like, OK, so how do I infuse more life into this? How do right. I, you know, essentially change something that is going to be resistant to changing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we met him then. And uh, I guess all in all, I'm glad that. We didn't get stuck working on that. We got to actually work on something. Something uh, fresh and new, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think in some ways uh, Lost Contact is kind of the projects, type of projects that I've been wanting to work on my entire life. It's like um, I don't necessarily have all the stress of trying to put everything together. Mm-hmm. But I have a decent amount of creative control. Yeah, and you have those pieces that support you, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, again, I have a pretty small circle now. I'm, I'm uh, exceptional when it comes to alienating people. <laughs> um, it's one of my strengths. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things I end up having to do mm-hmm. myself. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, this is the type of thing that will resonate with people and, you know, people will be drawn to it and want to do. I think it hits pretty much every base that you can think of. It's got the classic hip hop, but it also has like the modern sensibility for all the the nerdy nonsense that everybody hmm. likes. Right. Like all the video game stuff that everybody's in there. I, I can't tell you how happy I was when I, I heard the Destiny part. And uh, the mind <laughs> part, because yeah. this is the, one of the only games that I play, and I was like, "All right, that's this is mine now. Like, this is fantastic." Yeah, there, uh, there's some. I, I dug deep for some of those references, man. Like, uh, I I don't know if if people will catch on to certain things, but I'm I'm glad that you you caught. Yeah, that yeah, one. I I loved it. I was like, this is this is wonderful. Uh, this this is the only thing that that has really like rang true with me. Because I'll, I'll just play that for... I'm so bad at it still, but I'll just play it. I've been playing since the first one came out. Okay. And I was bad at that one, and I'm bad at the, the ones <laughs> that I have now. Um, but yeah, it was it was just really cool, because there's, there's been a couple other ones. I think it's become more prevalent, and people are a little bit more comfortable in their own skin now that they can talk about that stuff. That it's, it's not just the same stuff over and over again, how tough you are or whatever, right? It's, yeah. it's a lot more sensibility in there now and a lot more flexibility on what you can talk about. Yeah, I, and I think the fact that the the world has opened up as far as, like, uh, making it easier for people to make music, it's been a double-edged sword in some ways. You get a lot of crap, but, you know, we also get these little um, very eclectic blends of people. And um, I, I think that's fantastic, man, because... You know, I'm obviously, you know, a bit of a weirdo, <laughs> you know, because it's not the type of thing that would have probably got any play, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Um, but it's it's funny. It's like you look at, you know, how the Wu came in and changed things and like, you know, Kung Fu movies, like while they were a part of, you know, the, the greater experience of people like you know black belt theater on saturday mm-hmm. like 
I don't think anybody thought of like let's infuse the music with that like you know I I think that they're a big part of why the whole um, mix has become so accepted right right Um, bridging the cultural gaps between everything in there exactly and then now that that it's it's a lot more freeing and, and easier to make music now you see other people expressing themselves that were on the fringe and now you're noticing that there's a whole group of people that feel the same way yeah there's like no matter what you're interested in there's probably a subset right out there for you right you know um that's pretty awesome yeah there's a there's a whole uh uh, there's the MAGFest, Music and Gaming Fest, that happens at the harbor every time. So you just, uh, National Harbor. So you have all the all the people that, uh, rock bands, those 8-bit bands now, all the, the crazy digital dance bands that are, they found their niche, which is video games, and then there's anime, and then there's everything else that you can think of in there. Huh. And that's... You know, you just see swarms of people go in there now. See, now I gotta look that up. Cause, it's fantastic. <laughs> as soon as I I listened to your record, that's exactly I was like, they need to go play this because hmm. it it would resonate with people all the way through with that. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely need to look into that then. Like, yeah, hmm. I've I've missed it. I've missed it every year because I've had to work. Um, but I'm trying to go this coming year because I think it's in January. Okay. So I'm trying to come to it this, yeah, this coming year I don't know if I'll be able to because now my boss wants to go mm. so if the hierarchy is a, a real thing so he gets first dibs if, if, if I'm able to go fantastic if I'm not whatever it's just another one that I miss mm. but yeah they do the whole cosplay and they do the, the whole thing in there yeah man I like to see people uh, just be themselves man even if you, that self is super saying okay <laughs> <laughs> like you know um I think it's it's interesting because um, coming up, like most of the music that I listened to, probably was like uh, very locked into a certain mode. It's like most of the rap is what people probably classify as gangster rap now, um, but that was the narrative um, that was prevalent. You know, I'm sure there's some very um, artificial artists that were mixed in there that didn't really live it right but for the most part you know they were speaking on those but experiences yeah, groups like nwa public enemy yeah Blue, like all, all them yeah yeah like you know crime is uh very much a part of life in the society that you know um created those groups and i i think it's interesting to see that you know now like 20 years later things have shifted a little bit they've eased up a little bit for people that aren't in those same environments. Right. Well, like Snoop I'm, is, is cooking with Martha Stewart. So that's yeah. Well, see, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother level to it because you figure, you know, here it is. Somebody from the hood was able to be, you know, financially successful enough to change their situation, you know, and um, that's, that's amazing too. You know, you look at a lot of those OGs from back in the day that just like you know now they're they're millionaires and you know they they go and they speak on their their the actual things that were behind the music and it's like it's super interesting to me just yeah. like you know music can you change your situation you know it's, it is a way out for people but it's also like this important um, tool in passing on experiences it's like and that's that's kind of one of those things i've been trying to to figure out the right balance of it's like i want to speak on what i feel is important to me mm-hmm. but i don't want to preach to you about right. it and it's like i also want it to be somewhat entertaining because that's the whole point of it being music if not i'd be just doing spoken word or right you know uh some silly TED talk or right. something It'd be like the worst TED talk ever. <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think it's, it's always so great to be able to sit back and observe how the platform is used and how that's evolved over time. 
Yeah, because you have you have groups now and, and people now, like Open Mike Eagle, uh, Milo, um, Bus Driver, who's been doing it for for years, and there's this whole other indie subset that has carved a name for themselves and have come out of everything. MF Doom, in particular, because yeah. it's such it's such a weird goofball almost. Uh, outlier for all the the hip hop that has happened. Yeah, there there is something special about Doom as far as he he literally broke um, a lot of the mechanisms that were super important at the time. Like who you were was a big part of things, and and like your the way you dress, your style. Your and reputation, everything. your like, name, everything, right? All of that, yeah, it was so important. And then it's like, you know, I, I know tragedy took him to that point, but to to wear the mask and then just like, I'm just wear this old hoodie and you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. to just change that whole aspect of it and be like, I'm I'm going to be this persona and I'm gonna rap like ridiculous and you're gonna love it. And like He's my favorite like, out of like, out of all of them. I, I didn't catch on uh, to Doom until you know Brian actually put me on because the couple of times I had heard him early on, I was I was listening to DMX, so it was like he put That's Doom on. That's a big on. difference. Yeah. I was like, like, what is this? I don't know what this is. It's, it's not Mob Deep. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> but you know, um, once I started to kind of like pay more attention to the people who are rhyming how I wanted to rhyme that's when it like starts to open up and you see like he's brilliant like the way he layers in yeah. <laughs> things in his lyrics like like it's almost too much <laughs> like i feel like they could teach a class <laughs> on that stuff and like um, and then th- all the different beats that he uses because they're they're weird beats um i think one of my favorite albums from him is still uh the the adult swim album where he sampled every show from adult swim into that album and okay. he had he had people like ghostface on there talib kwali on there and CeeLo on there too uh so every it was just a perfect album for me and it's it spoken to me because i was like watching those shows mm. late at night and then this album just it's perfect like it goes right with it that's another thing i'm about to, to double check on because <laughs> most of the time the problem with me is uh, once I find something I like, I'll like listen to it, like I'll run it in the ground. So for me, um, the the first uh, sorry, sorry, first real uh, foray into Doom was probably um, Mad Villainy. Yeah, and then um, like the mm, food joint, <laughs> um, and then uh, one of the King Ghidorah joints. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd be listening to those joints over and over. Um, and unfortunately, it's not like when I was I was little and I could stare at the, the CD book and know all the songs by name and stuff. Right. But there, there's um, there's one joint where, like, I listen to that beat and it's like, well, how would you have chose that beat? But then you, you really listen to it. It's like it's kind of brilliant in the way <laughs> that you just took something that, like, Somebody else might not have thought to use that, and it's something catchy about it. So now it's like um, one of those things is just locked into your, your psyche. Like subconsciously, you, you'll hear so- sounds like that, and you be like, "Oh man, I'm gonna listen to that Doom joint now." Yeah, so, yeah. Like, um, I would love to get to the point where um, my work is looked at, like people look at Doom, because uh, a Doom fan is a real fan. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, you can't it, once once you're in there because it's so unique. It's so hard to latch onto sometimes that once you're in there, there's there's you can't go away from it. Yeah. Like that that sound is so unique. His style is so unique that once once you're in there, there's nobody else that's like him. So you're not gonna find anything else, and it's just gonna be a black hole because he also puts out so much stuff. You know, he has five yeah. different personas that he uses, right? And it, it's all wonderful and it's all kind of the same stuff but um you know it it 
I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just a black hole of. Yeah, I I heard someone describe it, and like all the personas, um, are are different in a way as far as like the theme that the album will have. Okay. And that's where it like kind of differentiates or something, and like I had never thought of that. I was just like, okay, it's it's, <laughs> it's doom, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. But um, I I wouldn't want to dig that deep as far as like you know having a, a whole lot of different personas and trying to flip stuff like that. But I would definitely like to get to the point where I can be able to consistently you know keep putting out um. A decent catalog of music mm-hmm. that all has that same depth, you know. Yeah. So how how does your relationship with Doc work for you? Are you able to, because he sends you all the beats, right? Right. So you just go in and choose whatever you want to. Are you making any of your own? Yeah, I only made one of the beats from this uh, project. Okay. Um, for Tragic Tableau, um, and that was one of those tracks where. Um, just couldn't find something that felt right. Um, cause I, I am a bit unique in, uh, some ways as far as, uh, beat selection and stuff goes. Most of the time, the words come first. Okay. You know, most of the time I've written the song first because, um, I, I try to take advantage of any, uh, creative spark I have. And, um, you know, it might not be at a time where I can sit down and listen to beats or something, you know. Um, so I write in a certain type of structure that lets it, like, be pretty versatile mm-hmm. um, as the type of beat I can use. Um, so it's a, a different type of selection. I'm not just, like like listening to something and like you know da, 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 trying to figure it out like that right like, um i think maybe one of the songs came about you know the normal way a lot of people do it where it's like they hear the beat and then they get the inspiration for it but most of the time i'm writing lyrics first and then one of the so one of the other things for you i think you're also in a unique area too where I don't know if you've been able to play out at all, really, right? Well, um, since the band, I've only performed once. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was down in Brass Rail maybe a year, okay. maybe so ago. Um, and I actually don't even remember what all I performed. <laughs> like... Uh, Brian did uh did that set with me too, but um I think if I did have more time now, I would want to do more shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still be pretty selective about the place. Right. Um. You know, I I do think it's important to get that practice in. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's important to get that practice in in front of the demographic that would appreciate it most. Right. And that's that's probably one of the harder parts is finding your niche and they're finding where yeah. you fit, right? Yeah. Um, and it's different when you're in a band because there's something about just seeing, you know, live instrumentation that somebody might not necessarily get down with rap. But they see us up there with the band and it like it changes the whole vibe of things. So for me to not have a band right now, like I need to be very selective with the venues I choose. Um, another thing is that, you know, um, the the goal when you make music and put it out there should be to have it listened to. Mm-hmm. And so if I go to a venue, I, it needs to be a place where I can network and try to get, you know, more fans or get connections with other people. Right. That are doing, you know, similar vein of stuff, you know, because um, I can't waste time, if that makes any sense. It's like um, resources are too limited now for me to just like just do anything. And right. time is a resource like anything else, you know. Um, so as much as I um, 
I would benefit from performing more. I have to be uh, very picky at the things I jump at. Because you have your whole family now, the one-year-old next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is bonkers, I'm sure. Um, And then, so are you able to, you have to approach it in a way that you can balance out your family, your career, um, and then your, your music and be able to really pick and choose definitely your spots too, right? Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, music is concerned, unfortunately it's not lucrative enough right now for me to uh, pursue it full time. Mm -hmm. So it has been, um, I won't say a lower priority because that actually recording has been a lower priority than other things. Like, cause I'm constantly writing, gotcha. but you know, the ability to be able to take time and schedule studio time and all of that, like that's an extra layer, you know, um, that I'm just now getting, you know, more consistent, mm-hmm. you know, time back. Um, but even still, there's certain things that, you know, you just don't want to miss, you know, right. you have family. So, um, I'm hoping that, you know, I'll meet the type of success that will let me be able to make music full time and I won't have to sacrifice, you know, I, if I want to make money, I have to be here, but you know, if I want to, you know, live my passion, I have to be over there, you know, so excuse me, I want to find a way to bridge those. those yeah. Things. Yeah, and balance those out and hopefully be able to do everything kind of all at once, right? Yeah. Um, But it's funny. um, Life does still kind of make a way for things to kind of fall into place because, you know, um, when I was working on uh, the Starfighter uh, project with with Brian, like, I, I was working at a job that was kind of like crappy mm-hmm. at that point for the most part um it wasn't like very conducive to morale but i ended up with like a span of time that let me just work on beats so gotcha. okay. like it was weird how everything just kind of fell into place like i was able to like work on all the beats for the album got that part done and then like almost right after that was done i got moved to a different section mm-hmm. and so you know um it was almost like it was meant to happen you know all of this stuff that's happened in the two years since artful thesis um it's put things off and it's changed the tra- trajectory mm-hmm. a bit but when i listen to the project i am very proud of how it came out like even with all the delays and the the things that ended up on the cutting room floor as it were like there's something more pure about it now having had those obstacles in a way and do you feel more comfortable in your own skin with it too and like this is the this is the project that i wanted to make right yeah and there are like there's always going to be tweaks that you wish you could make right but if you you know you spend that time on it nothing will ever get done. You know, if you're tweaking every single thing to the nth degree, it's like, um, there are times when, um, I just refuse to let something go forward because it's like, um, I said that word stupid or something <laughs> like that. Like, so I re record the whole thing. Um, cause like punching in is, I know it's fine, but for me, I feel like the way you practice it should be the way, it, it happens so if like your recording is still kind of practicing right so right. you know i'm, I'm kind of weird with that stuff but yeah i'm finding know. that out now because i i spent the other night i think i tried like 15 times to record an intro to one of the episodes and we're just mm. like i hate everything and i i had to go back and like splicing is fine right like what you're saying like going in and and setting it up the right way and and saying okay that g- that part was good. That part was good. I can bring those together. 
but once once you actually get into a flow of it, it's it's way easier. Yeah. The, another trick that I've learned is, okay, like a lot of times when I go to the studio and record a song, that won't be the final version of it. Like so, I kind of need to put it down and have like this permanent record so I can listen to it mm-hmm. and figure out okay what works, what doesn't. So I might have spliced something for that rough draft just so I could practice it better, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the final version. Um, Lord of the Witch Doctor has uh, a whole chunk that's different at the end or near the end that, like, I had to do that. I had to just chop this part out and then practice it, like, the new way because it just broke the flow up different. Gotcha, so, okay. Um, there is something about, like, being able to use the technology, but then still using it to make you better. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so, um, like, you, you spice it, you master it, and then you re-record it. <laughs> you know. So what is what has kept you most motivated to continue to, to do this throughout the years, despite all the, the nonsense that you've put up with? That's what I love to do, man. Yeah. Like, lyrics... Or like the perfect blend of art and science to me. Um, there is an, an artistry in the words you pick. There's a science in the way you put those words together, the cadence you use. Um, it's just something special. It's like um, it's 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 probably the same rush that people get from like figuring out a Sudoku puzzle or something. <laughs> um, it's just. It is what makes things uh, click for me. Um, it's a way of, you know, getting out all of those uh, feelings that you can't really talk about people. Right. You know, um, in a way that, you know, if people hear it, they might understand it, they might not. But either way, I got to say what I needed to say, and it kind of, uh, there's some catharsis in that. Um, I, I supremely love writing. I don't necessarily enjoy the recording <laughs> as much, but there's nothing like listening to a finished product. Gotcha, okay. So, like, that's worth it. It's kind of like uh, going out to perform. I'm nervous every time. Um, refuse to, to drink or anything. <laughs> Before it, it's just like, I want to be as sharp as I can. But then at the end, it's like, okay, now we party. There's yeah. like There's that feeling afterwards of like, yeah, this is... We did. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's just something about that finished product that just makes everything worthwhile. It's just a weight off your chest to, to listen to it and be like, "I'm proud of something." Like that's yeah. that's what it is, right? You completed something. Yeah. Too. It's like, um, and it's completely you. If that makes any sense, it's like, um, you know, Doc will provide the soundscape mm-hmm. and. It's like, I have to make something out of this now, you know. Um, that's, I don't know, something <laughs> something special about that, man. So what's your what's your vision of, of what's next for you? Do you have that kind of mapped out, that planned out at least? I'm actually trying to figure that out now. Um, I spoke with a consultant last week, and um, – I guess the biggest thing now is just creating more content to kind of promote mm-hmm. stuff, um, which I, I'll be honest, I really have very little um, time or patience for making Instagram posts <laughs> and stuff, but, you know, something needs to happen. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, I need to make videos, but the the other problem with that is I have a very uh, clear vision of the type of videos I want to make. Mm-hmm. And that's where things get complicated. Um, I don't want to be the dude, like, this rapping, walking through the streets like everybody else. Like, I want to have something that when you look at it is different. You know, right. um, we worked with uh, uh, Tilly Matt to do okay. the first video for Gruesome. And uh, he was uh, very instrumental in giving that video its own look. You know, simple thing, you know. 
um, it's a monochromatic mm-hmm. type video, but I felt like okay, that stands out. You might not watch it many times because <laughs> they have nightmares. But, I don't know. but um, I just want whatever we do next. I want it to be original enough to it's us. Mm-hmm. It's coming from um, very personal space, but mm-hmm. it's relatable enough for people to be able to vibe with it. Um, I would like to make more lost contact uh, music. Hopefully, <laughs> that'll happen. Um, but my goal is to just keep making music. Gotcha. Um. I had in my mind that, you know, I'd I'd take a break from actually rapping for a while and just make beats. So, like, I was sending out beats to different artists trying to get people on and, like, get a positive um, reaction at first. And then it's, like, time to start getting those songs put in. It's, like, you don't hear much back. So, it's, like, okay, that kind of derails that. Mm. Like, I have to do it myself, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I just want to make more music. I I would like to get to the point where when I put a project out, people are chomping at the bit for it. Yeah. Like the way like people go crazy when you know uh, Black Thought drops something or when Kendrick drops something. I feel like everybody knows. It's like, right. Um, I would kind of like to get to that point where people are waiting for it. Um. That's that's what I would like. I don't, I don't need to be um, Jay-Z level of fame or anything like that. Like To me, Doom is a perfect example of kind of where you need to be. Yeah. Because, you know, he has firmly um, embedded himself in the cultural psyche. That's what I would like, man. That's like the ultimate honor. Yeah. You know? um, to be the one that people get compared to. Cool. That's what I want. I think that's it, man. All right.